I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And this next discussion is one of those crucial conversations that is so easy to overlook. And we're very pleased to have joining us on the program today, Liddy Huntsman and Nate Checkets. Uh, those are two very Utah familiar names, uh, but they have come together. Uh, Nate Checkets is the chairman of the board of Beyond Type 1. Uh, and we're going to have a discussion about why that is so critical and why we keep missing the boat on so many things uh, on this issue. And uh, Nate and Liddy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Uh, we're so excited to be here on such an important topic. It is. And Lydia, why don't we just go ahead and start with you? Uh, you have a, a long history uh, in terms of uh, your relationship with uh, type 1 diabetes. And uh, tell us a little bit of your backstory and your in, your involvement here. And then we'll have Nate give us some details. So when I was uh, seven years old in third grade, I uh, had the typical childhood viruses uh, that never really went away. And um, um, and then I started to lose weight um, and I would come home and say, Mom, I, you know, I, I, I drank 12 times today from the water fountain. Or I'd wake up in the morning and say, Mom, I went to the bathroom four times last night. And... Um, a friend, a family friend of ours had noticed these symptoms and had said, you know, you should get her checked out for type 1 diabetes. And um, lo and behold, it was type 1 diabetes. And, um, you know, it's been over 25 years since I've had it. So I've been kind of in the progression of type 1 and technology and the ways that we now live with it. Um, we've come such a long way. But knowing the symptoms and understanding type 1 versus type 2 diabetes is why we're here, and, and we feel it's so important for people to understand the difference and the warning signs for type 1 diabetes specifically. Uh, so such an important thing. And, Nate, let me turn to you. I know you have your experience as well that has gotten you involved here. You were uh, off uh, being an entrepreneur and, and doing all things, a great uh, men's sports line with Roan uh, that many people are becoming familiar with. But tell us about your experience and uh, what got you engaged in this whole process. Yeah, so my story is, um, is quite different than Liddy's. And uh, as, as many people know, type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes. And that, they've changed that for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is that um, more and more adults are getting diagnosed with the disease. And, and that's what happened for me. I was 25. I had um, my, my wife and I had decided to go on a European trip. We'd we left for about 30 days, and while we were gone, had all of the classic symptoms, extreme uh, dehydration, you know, was thirsty, could not drink enough, um, and needed to go to the bathroom. Um, I, I'd be in the middle of, you know, the cupola in Florence or, you know, hiking the Parthenon in, in Greece, and I, I would have to rush to find the nearest restroom. And um, if it wasn't 
for my parents when I got back from that trip. They said, you don't look like yourself. Something's wrong. Um, I probably would not have gone to the doctor. Really, for the first few years of my my type one life, I, you know, I managed the disease uh, myself. I didn't know anybody else in that really had it that I was intimately connected to. And um, Liddy uh, and and my parents have been friends for a long time. But you know, they kind of they kind of said, "Oh, you guys should talk." And I think both Liddy and I were like. Well, just because we have the type one chronic illness in common doesn't mean we're like instantly going to be best friends. But what? But, but we sat down and we started hanging out. And I think for anybody who's had a chronic illness or has dealt with a chronic illness, when you find somebody else who's going through what you suffer with, and especially you know type one, which is a very daily omnipresent, you make an extra one hundred decisions a day relative to somebody else about managing your blood sugar levels. Everything you eat needs to be thought about, calculated. It was like, oh, my gosh, there are other crazy, strange people like me. And we immediately hit it off. And, and she was the one who initially told me about Beyond Type 1, which is an incredible organization that helps um, people live uh, with this disease and, um, and how to manage it and deal with it. We've, we've just been able to partner together in a number of ways to advance the awareness of this disease to um, identify early causes and warning signs and um, and help raise some money for it as well, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's and it's so important. I really appreciate, Nate, that you brought up this, this fact that it, because it's chronic, uh, because it does impact everything every day, I know one of the things that uh, people with chronic illnesses, they often feel so isolated, so alone, and unless you've gone through it, Nobody really gets it, uh, and so I think having that connection, uh, Lydia. Let me turn back to you uh, on that point. And what is it about uh, this Beyond Type One that has created kind of a space, not only for the awareness, which is so vital, uh, but also for that ongoing? How do we live with this? How do we survive? How do we thrive with this? When I was diagnosed, it was obviously called juvenile diabetes, and nobody ever spoke about the emotional component that came with the disease, the up and downs, because you don't realize how glucose, your sugars, your blood sugars really affect you mentally, whether your blood sugar is high or low and how you feel. It just takes a toll on not only, you know, the people suffering with type one, but their caregivers. So my mom, Mary Kay and I, we um, started a program called the Bag of Hope. And uh, we went up to Primary Children's Hospital and gave our first bag to a family friend of ours who had been diagnosed. And that program, you know, helped so many people um, with something that people in the diabetes world didn't know people needed, which was the emotional part. Um, And now it's a national program 25 years later. So I've always been really involved with helping people with type 1, but um, specifically with the emotional component. So for me, the emotional part, Um, I never really connected, obviously, with anyone that had type 1. And when I did, it was like, I have so many questions for you. Oh, my gosh, does it feel like this? Does this happen to you? And it's been really nice to connect. And I found Beyond Type 1, actually, through social media. And that's kind of how it it started. It was like the social media way that people went and felt that they had a community, an emotional community, where they could connect and learn about the disease and impact their lives and their family's lives with type one because it is such a unique disease. And it's really important for people to understand the difference between type one and type two. 
And so being able to be aware of understanding that they are separate in different ways, um, but share a lot of similarities at the same time. So that's where type one needs to get a little bit more love and um, people need to become more aware of symptoms. Awesome. Uh, so good. And then, Nate, uh, we'll just wrap up with you just quickly. Uh, where can people go? What uh, What should we be looking for? Uh, how people? How can people engage with Beyond Type 1? There's a few really great places. BeyondType1.org and, um, and on social media are just great resources. And for those who are managing or, or parenting those suffering with Type 1, there's a lot of resources there. We recently, this last year, launched um, beyond Type 2, we've launched language support in, um, in several different languages. It, we encourage people to, to get involved because, you know, when I, when I started spending time with other Type 1s, and Betty was so instrumental in helping me with this, my quality of care dramatically improved. Mm, All of a sudden, we started cool. comparing methods of how do you handle this situation or, um, you know, what, do you, what endocrinologist do you use or what form of insulin do you use and, and what are what are the ways that you handle these various scenarios? And it's been proven that when people interact with others in their same group of chronic illness, their quality of care on a metric basis actually improves. And that can be digitally or in person or ideally both. And that's a really powerful instrument. It is. That community is so vital. Uh, we know that over 1.6 million Americans uh, live uh, with this frequently un- misunderstood uh, type 1 uh, diabetes. And, and I think this is so vital. So Beyond Type 1 is the organization. We'll post all of this on our social channels today. Uh, these are important, both on the front end in terms of recognizing the signs uh, is so vital and can save a life. Uh, and then having this great community and support uh, system uh, makes a difference for so many. Uh, Nate and Liddy, thank you so much for joining us today. And we appreciate your work on a real crucial conversation in our community and really everywhere across the country and around the world. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Floyd. When we come back, we always talk about this on this program, creating space to let people surprise you. I'm going to let you hear a conversation with Justice Sotomayor that will definitely surprise you. Coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.